0: Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Read there in the fourth chapter, verses 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. And I'm sure it's not necessary for me to say good morning because it is a good morning, isn't it? The sun is shining. And I hope that we are saying, this is the day which the Lord has made. Uh, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it, and we will worship him today. As I've told you, today is the first Sunday in Lent. It has sort of a formidable name. It is called Invocavit Sunday. That's a Latin word, and I read the intro, as you know, and the intro in the Latin language begins with the word Invocabit. It means he shall call. The invocation, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. So this day gets its name from the first word of the intro in the Latin language, Invocabet, he shall call. Or God says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. And the text that I just read this morning from the book of Hebrews is very appropriate for this season of the church year. We find the writer of the book to the Hebrews He is speaking to the Christians of his day as he's speaking to you and me this morning about a common problem that many Christians have. You and I may say, what could that be? You may not have it. I may not have it, but I'm sure that I have it, and I wonder if you have it too. It is this problem of weakness in the day of temptation. It is the problem of being so weak that when we are tempted to sin, when we are enticed to do something wrong, that you and I go down like a ton of bricks, that you and I say, if there's anything about me where I've got a problem, I am so weak in the day of temptation. I am a temptation weakling. I wonder whether you and I would say that about ourselves. I am a temptation loser. Just let any temptation come to do wrong and down I go. We may say to ourselves when that happens, what's the use of trying to be a Christian? What's the use of trying to be a member of Jesus Christ's kingdom? We may say uh, in despair and in despondency, I'll never make it anyhow. The first temptation that comes, down I go. I am a temptation weakling. It gets me and down I go. I am a temptation pushover. There's no doubt about it. I am a temptation weakling. Are you... Could you and I say, that's my problem too? If it's your problem and mine, and I believe it is... Uh, then the writer of the book of hebrews has something to say and he says to you and me listen temptation losers listen you temptation pushovers you who say i go down whenever i'm tempted to sin down like a ton of bricks and then i i want to give up and throw in the towel and say what's the use i'll never make heaven if i can't stand in the day of temptation how in the world will i ever get saved And the writer says, Will you do this and I call upon you, you temptation losers. Will you turn to Jesus Christ for strength in that day of temptation. Will you turn and not throw in the sponge, not throw in the towel. Don't give up. Turn to him for strength, will you please. Remember that Christ, your high priest, he says, He is one who is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. You and I may say, what does he mean by that? The writer says, don't you realize that Christ, who is your high priest, that he sympathizes with you and your problem, that he really understands your problem, and that therefore he will give you strength so that you will be the victory when temptation comes and that you won't miss heaven? Don't you realize that he is one? who is touched with a feeling of your infirmities, that he is one who sympathizes with your problem. You and I may say, Oh, I'd love to believe that. I'd love to believe I who am a temptation loser and I go down like a ton of bricks when I am invited to sin and I'm so weak. I am one of these temptation pushovers, and I admit it, and then I get despondent, and I want to throw in the towel and I want to give up and say, Oh, what's the use? And then to say that if you will just turn to Christ for strength in that day of temptation and remember that He is the high place, He understands he really knows your problem thoroughly and he, he offers you strength so that you will overcome and that you won't miss heaven, you and I may say, what in the world does he know about temptation anyhow? We may say, he, Christ, he who is no less than God, he who is the unapproachable one, he is the untouchable, what in the world does he know about temptation? What does he know about me being a temptation weakling? How in the world could he understand my problem? And oh, thank God, the writer of the book of Hebrews, he says, listen, you temptation loser, you. You turn to him for strength and for help. Don't you realize that he understands your problem? He will give you strength and all because he assures us, sure he is God. You say, what does he know about temptation? The writer says, what he doesn't know about temptation doesn't exist. What Jesus, your high priest and mine, doesn't know about temptation isn't worth knowing. Because it doesn't exist, the writer would remind you me that he's also a man. Don't forget that. He's a human being. And as a human being, he says, in all points he was tempted like you and like me, only he didn't sin. He was no temptation loser, and he's got the strength that you and I need. You and I may say this morning, what in the world does he know about temptation? He, the unapproachable God. But listen, let's remember he is God. But this morning, we want to remember that he was absolutely, intensely a human being. He, what he doesn't know about temptation doesn't exist. He went through the mill. And because he is a man, went through the mill. He understands you. Oh, fellow temptation loser, fellow temptation pushover, fellow temptation weakling, I'm talking to you, to myself this morning. You and I may say... You mean to say, preacher, that what he doesn't know about temptation isn't worth knowing because it doesn't exist? You mean to say that he's also a human being and that he was tempted in all points barring none and that he came through victorious and that he's got strength so that I can be victorious in every temptation barring none and that there's no reason in God's world that I should miss heaven, that's it. Look at him in the first place. The writer of the book of Hebrews would remind you and me that this Jesus, he knows everything about temptation. What he doesn't know about, it doesn't exist because he is also true man who went through the mill with regard to temptation of the body. And he came through, and he's got strength to give you and me. I read the gospel lesson for today, and it's the temptation. I wonder how many of us have ever read it the way it ought to be written. It tells us that when Jesus, you know, was baptized immediately, Satan took him into the wilderness and he was tempted because the Holy Spirit allowed this. And we are told that for 40 days and for 40 nights he was tempted by Satan. In other words, why was he hungry as the result of 40 days and 40 nights without food? Because constantly for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan was throwing the book at him as a human being, trying to get him to sin. And here's another thing. The Word of God says, in all points he was tempted. Now we've got the first Temptation at the end of the 40 day period that the Holy Spirit gives us. He was tempted as regards the body. He was ravenously hungry. 40 days and 40 nights without food and drink. And now the Spirit says to him, the tempter spirit, He says, Here, if you think you're the Son of God, you change these stones into bread. Hungry, a temptation to the body. Here's pleasure. Here is something you need. And immediately Jesus says, Oh, Lord. No. Man doesn't live by bread alone. To the spirit tempter, to Satan himself, Jesus said, No! We must know this. He was tempted in all things. Sometimes people say to me, was he tempted in immorality? Of course he was. I don't know how. The Holy Spirit hasn't chosen to record that in the Word of God. But the Word of God says, the Holy Spirit, that he was tempted in all things. There isn't any category from without as regards the body and the pleasures of life, that he wasn't tempted in. He got the works. There isn't anything about temptation that he doesn't know about, because it doesn't exist. I don't know how he was tempted with immorality, but he was. He was without sin, to be sure. It came from without, but he got the works. Satan gave it to him. And everything, and that means what? When you and I turn to him, oh, my fellow temptation weaklings and losers, when you and I turn to him, he's got strength because he came through. He understands. Don't you ever worry about that. Yes, he's a man too. He's God, but don't you forget he was a human being. Intensely so. When temptations come to you and me, whatever they are, immorality, Incest, drunkenness, goat, marijuana, name it. When any temptation comes, you think and be merry for tomorrow you die. Wine, women, and song, let it come. Jesus says, You think I don't know anything about temptation? I went through the ringer, son. I'm a man.
1: And I came
0: through. Because I came through temptation, weakling. If you turn to me. I'll give you the strength to say no. There isn't any temptation, fellow temptation, pushover, that'll ever come in your life and mine. I don't care how weak you are or how weak I am. But what if in that day you and I turn to him and say, Lord Jesus, give me strength. It'll be there because he's got it. What does he know about temptation? Oh God, what doesn't he know? He knows more about it than you and I'd ever think knowing. Strength to say no. There will never come, weakling, fellow temptation pushover, any kind of a temptation in your life and mine. If when it comes, we turn to him. We say, give me strength. He will say, here it is. I got it. I came through. Say no. And when we say no, it'll be no then you and I may say, but supposing I don't say no, and I didn't turn. And supposing I go down like a ton of bricks. Thank God, he says, I understand. I sympathize with you. It's a rough road, buddy. When we turn and say, oh, forgive me, he says, I forgive you, son. I forgive you, daughter. It's rough. I know. I've been through the mill. I've been through the wringer myself. I know what it means to be tempted of the devil. He looks at you and me and says, listen, temptation loser, you tell me you're sorry. It's rough. I'll wash your soul lighter than snow. What it ought to mean for you and me today then is this. What if I'm going to heed, Hello, temptation losers, I'm going to heed this call of the writer of Hebrews, When he says, you turn to Jesus Christ for strength. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the sponge. Oh, what's the use? I'll never make it anyhow. I might as well just quit this whole business. What's the whole point of believing in Christ and going to church? Get rid of this thing. I'm lost. I'm going to be damned anyhow. I'm one of these old pushovers. I go down like a ton of bricks and everything comes, and it tempts me. And if we'd heed his call. Then we would go boldly to him, with confidence, and we wouldn't hesitate. And we'd come to him and we'd say, because there isn't anything about temptation, Lord Jesus, you are my high priest, that you don't know. Because there isn't anything about temptation that exists that you don't know. You've been through the ringer, you've been through the mill. And then we ought to say to him, give me strength, to nip this temptation in the bud when it comes. You know, sometimes some of us are worried. I get phone calls and people say, Oh, if you only knew the thoughts that come to my mind. Well, if you only knew the thoughts that come to my mind. If you only knew the thoughts that come to your mind. What kind of a mind do you have? Yours is no different than mine.
1: You've got a cesspool
0: mind, so have I. We were born that way. God knows what thoughts come into your mind. The Word of God says we're tempted by Satan and the world by our own flesh. Yours is rotten and so is mine. I've had people call me in horror. This is what I thought. You can't stop that. Martin Luther, when he was at that question one day, said, you can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. You and I will never stop those thoughts coming. What do we do when the thoughts of temptation come for the flesh? This is joy. This is the way to live. Then immediately we turn to him fellow temptation losers who say, Lord Jesus, give me the strength to say no, to nip it in the bud so that we don't entertain it. You know, you can have quite a spiritual jag, can't you, in entertaining covetous and sinful temptation, can't we? You can live in a fool's paradise in the mind. You can just simply revel in it and enjoy it. But if you and I say, but here... I want to be saved, I want to conquer. Lord, you know more about temptation than I. You've been through the ringer. Give me strength when they buddies and nip it. Jesus says, I'll give you the strength that you don't revel in it, that you don't entertain it. Then you and I will find joy in, again, a life that is pleasing to God. Rather strange, isn't it, that the world says the only fun in life is you've got to fall into temptation. The only fun in life is you've you got to give in and you've got to be a temptation loser. Isn't it rather strange? And you and I stopped this morning and we say the happiest life that was ever lived was that of Jesus Christ. I wonder how many of us realize that the joy and the bliss of heaven will be holiness. Sometimes people get the idea that in heaven everything's going to be all right. Oh no. Only that which is holy will be all right. Only when we begin to experience whatever comes into the mind that we say, no, it's wrong, give me strength. He knows more about your problem and mine than we do because there's nothing about temptation that he doesn't know. There will be this joy, the joy of holiness in living, the joy of virtue in living, the joy of a conscience of peace. Oh, well, we say to ourselves, and I'm speaking to you, of fellow temptation, losers, pushovers, Fellow temptation, weaklings. The writer of the book of Hebrews, he looks at you and me and he says, Listen, you call upon Christ. Don't throw in the sponge. Don't throw in the towel and say, It's all over. What's the use? I'll never make it anyhow. I'll never get to have it. I might just as well just simply well get rid of all this stuff and go out and live the world. I can't make it. He says, Listen, you call upon Christ, your high priest. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmity, he knows your problem. Oh, he knows it intimately. He will give you strength that you can be victorious in temptation and you don't have to miss heaven. And you and I say, what in the world does he know about temptation? Why, what does he, what doesn't he know? He's also a human being. There isn't anything that he doesn't know about temptation. He came through the ringer. In all things he was tempted. And again, the writer reminds us in the second place that this Jesus who was also man, your high priest and mine, again as a man, he came through the ringer. He again went through the mill of the temptation as regards the will of God. You may say, what did Satan throw at him? Well, when Satan couldn't get him to sin as regards the body and desire, and again, joy in life, doing wrong, then we are told that the devil took him and he put him on the pinnacle of the temple. In the holy city and then he said uh, throw yourself down because it is written god will give his angels charge concerning you to keep you in other words this was the temptation uh, jesus if you're the son of god throw yourself down uh, because it's always god's will to do what you want him to do it's always god's will to do again anybody's will whatever anybody wants him to do and jesus saw through that one right away He knew this, that it wasn't always God's will to do anything that you want him to do, especially when you throw yourself into needless danger. And Jesus came back at him right away and says, It is written again and thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't you dare make a fool out of God. How often are you and I tempted? When Satan comes to you and me, oh, fellow temptation losers, fellow temptation pushovers, fellow temptation uh, weaklings, how often does this temptation come? But when adversities and troubles come into your life, and we're tempted with the idea that it's always God's will to do what we want. And so if we're ill, we start to pray. And we start to pray and we say, well, it's got to be God's will to heal me. That's what, again, isn't that what, again, Satan would like to have. Doesn't God say, give his angels his charge, and watch over you? And you and I say, oh, it's God's will to heal me. And then God doesn't heal us. We go on and praying, and we've got something that's incurable. And then we say, well, what's he got against me? It ought to be his will to do what I want him to do. After all, if he loves me, he'll do what I ask him to do. And because he doesn't do it, what's wrong with him? And then we get bitter. We resent him. And we're mad at him. Because, again, when somebody dies in our home and we don't want him to die... We say, what's wrong with the will of God? I prayed. Didn't he hear me? Then sometimes we say, well, there's one other thing. I'll run away and I'll go to a faith dealer. Now I'll get somebody else. His prayer's going to be a lot better than mine. If I can't juggle it out of God like an Aladdin lamp and rub him the right way, uh, maybe a faith healer can do it and of course when the faith healer fails then you come back to me and then you say to me if my faith isn't strong enough to heal my body it's strong enough to save me i got the problem i just soon you'd stay away from them because when it doesn't work and it doesn't work in real illness then i've got the problem you'd better stay away when again you and i get resentment. Then we say to ourselves, this is a tremendous temptation. But if we turn to Jesus, he says, listen, son, I've been through it all. I've been tempted the same way. The devil tried to tempt me to think that my father's will was to do my will, regardless of what it is, and I know better. Then he gives you me strength in that day of adversity, in that day of illness, that day of incurableness, that day when death comes to our loved ones. He says, I give you strength to say no to that temptation I give you strength to believe that God's will is not always to do your will because God's will is better. Remember God said one day as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far again so great and so much higher are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And Jesus comes and he says, "Ah, I've been through the mill. Don't let Satan hook you on that one. Oh, temptation loser, listen, God's will is better. God's will is not to do your will because he's got a better will. His aim is to see you saved. you get his strength to bear and he'll assure you that you don't have to murmur, you don't have to complain, you don't have to go with bitterness, and you don't have to go with resentment, and should you and I murmur and complain, and then we turn to him and we say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I'm just one of these temptation pushovers, I'm sorry, I, I'm one of these weaklings, boy, I went down like a ton of bricks, and then he says, I understand, a rough road, son, you want me to forgive you, I'll forgive you, sure I will, it's a rough road. I walked it. I'm a human being. I know what it was. It was rough. I went through the mill. Satan threw the book at me. I understand. Oh, weakly, sure I do. That's again. Oh, the writer Hebrews talking to No, he's talking to me, I hope he's talking to you too. Talking to me and I hope we're fellow brothers in this. Are you a temptation loser? Are you a temptation pushover? Are you temptation prone And oh, and let it come and down you and I go just like that? And he says, You, you turn. You ask him for strength. He understands why what he doesn't know about temptation doesn't exist. He's also a human being. He went through the whole gamut of all temptation he gives you strength and when you and I believe that we'll say I'm going to him I'm going to him in the day of temptation I'm going to him with boldness I'm going to him with confidence I'm not going to hesitate I'm not going to say oh what's the use then when we go and ask him for help we're going to say give me help that I won't get bitter and I won't resent God's will in my life that I'll thank God that his will is not to do what I want him to do do you ever thank God that it Again, it wasn't his will to do what you and I want to do. Oh, sometimes we want to do some things to jeopardy and anger. Jeopardy and anger, look at somebody, you were so filled with hatred and you just, in your heart, wish that God would damn somebody and send them to hell because you hated them. That's what hatred is, isn't it? If you and I got any grudge in our heart this morning, if you've got a grudge against me, you want me to go to hell. That's your will. Thank God God's will isn't your will. Oh, I know. ever again then you said to yourself later oh I'm sorry I ever thought so why if God had done what I want to do he would have sent that soul to hell because I didn't like that person that's a horrible thing isn't it did we ever thank God and say thank God that your will is not to do my will you know to set myself straight on this thing occasionally when I wonder about God's will and I see it every day with individuals that die that I wonder why they're dying but somebody else lives I just again i had a little experiment that you've heard me say I, uh, suppose I'd ask you to get up in front here this morning you stand up here at church and you tell me who's the first person of this group that should die you get up here and you tell me will you you, you tell me God says you, you pick the next person right here who should die I suppose you get up and you say anybody 95 years old or anybody 98 and suppose there was somebody 90 they'd get up and say why should I die you'd say I don't know You'd say, anybody here with an incurable illness, or maybe several here with incurable cancer or something, and they'd say, Why should I die when I have a missing line? I wonder whether we wouldn't come to the answer. We'd say, God, I don't know. Thank God it's your will. Yours is best. I don't know who should die next from the standpoint of their eternal destiny. And then, oh, fellow temptation pushovers, then you and I say, Thanks, Lord. But your will isn't to do what I want you to do. And then there comes the joy that sometimes in life we even experience. It. Take Joseph of Egypt. What that man went through, his brother sold him into slavery, and he prayed, but he was a slave. And they took him down to Egypt and they sold him as a slave. Because the Potiphar's wife, he went to jail for two years, and he prayed, and nothing happened. Oh, what bitterness could have come into the boy's heart, alone in a lonely nation, a lonely land, and a slave for the rest of his life. And then what happens? He, again, he's in jail. He tells Pharaoh's dream. and He becomes the second man in Egypt. And when his brothers came down, he forgave them. He said, you men it evil, but God meant it good. God used me to save millions from starvation. Joseph saw it in his life. Sometimes you and I even see it in our lives. And we say, thank God you did your will. You didn't do mine. That I was tempted to be bitter and resentful, God, but you didn't do mine. And oh, I imagine Joseph said, oh God, if I was ever bitter, forgive me. you used use me. Look, look what I was able to be used by you to save millions from starvation. Oh, uh, fellow temptation pushovers, Oh, fellow temptation losers, you weaklings, you. I oh, a weakling me. The writer says, turn to Christ, won't you? Don't throw in the sponge. Don't give up, for goodness sakes. Look, you've got a high priest, your Christ, he is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He understands your problems. He gives you strength so that you'll overcome every temptation. And you won't miss heaven. You and I say, pray tell, what could he ever know? He, the unapproachable God. He, the untouchable. What in the world could he ever know about temptation? he writer Hebrews said, listen, bud, he's also a human being. but he doesn't know about temptation doesn't exist. He was tempted into all things. And you and I say, "Was he? Yes, he was tempted into all things as a man. He was tempted by Satan also with regard to the cross. Then came the worst and the hardest one of all. Boy, Satan threw the book at him on this one. Then he took him and he put him on a high mountain. And he showed him the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Then he said, now, if you want to be a king, and that's what you said you came into the world to be. you wanted to be a king, you wanted to be a king of a great kingdom, oh, why, you don't have to go to the cross, Jesus, you don't have to die, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of them, you can be a king without a cross, and Jesus said, get thee, and Satan, it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, in him only shalt thou serve. The book was thrown at him, let me tell you. What he doesn't know about temptation doesn't exist. Satan was tempting him. You want to be a king? I'll give you all the king of the world. You won't have to go to the cross. But see, there wouldn't have been an eternal life if he was going to simply go around the cross and wasn't going to suffer and die for you and me. There would be hell and damnation. What would a Christ be without the cross? And therefore, when temptation comes to you and me, oh fellow weakling, oh fellow pushovers, oh fellow losers... When you and I are tempted to have a Christ without the cross, if you turn to him who knows more about temptation than you and I ever will know, there isn't anything he doesn't know, when somebody comes and says, "What, what do you care about, Calvary? Why do you still preach the cross? Why do you preach his deity? that he died and atoned for the sins of the world. Let's have a Christ with us, cross, when that temptation comes. And we turn to him and he says, you say no. There's nothing left. Old fellow weaklings, if we turn to him, no temptation is ever going to be big enough to cause you and me to lose the cross in connection with Jesus, his suffering and death as the atonement for your sins and mine that he bore hell and damnation that he opened up heaven when you and I then turn to him he says listen I understand you turn to me don't you worry about it you temptation push over you I'll give you a spank so that you'll be victorious in every temptation and you'll come through and you won't miss heaven we ought to this morning, then, fellow temptation losers, a lot of I'm going to heed that call and I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to him boldly and courageously and I'm not going to hesitate and I'm not going to feel that he doesn't want me to come, that it's hopeless and that it's useless. And then we ought to ask him for help so that, again, he might show you and me just how temptation weak you really are and I am. Did you ever ask yourself that? just how weak are we are you and I temptation wise I like to look at old Simon Peter old Peter son of Barjone you know Bar of Pete Johnson I love the old guy he was, a, he was a human being there's just something about Peter old Pete Johnson that thrills me but I, he didn't realize what a weak one he was but again he was a fellow temptation loser oh just how weak was he? Who was the real Pete Johnson? Look at him at the garden gate the night of the betrayal. When Judas came up and planted a kiss on Jesus, and the soldiers came up and grabbed him, and here was old Pete Johnson with a sword at his side. Do you think that, again, in the temptation to run and save his life that Peter would run? Oh, Pete Johnson reached and got the sword, and wow! He! And boy, if old Malchus hadn't ducked, he lost his right ear. He had a cracked his skull old pete johnson i look at him and i say oh boy what a strong man in temptation he wasn't going to be met he wasn't going to run away but then just a couple hours later he's standing there warming his hands in the courtyard of caiaphas and a little maid comes up and says aren't you one of his disciples and here's the temptation that embarrassed him him. He says, no, I, I never met the land, I don't know him. And then another one said, and he, and he cursed and he swore, you some good old fishing English, you know. And he said, I don't know that man. Oh, what a weak sister, old Pete Johnson. On God's name, just, just who was the real Pete Johnson? Sometimes I say to myself, will the real Martin Johnson stand up? Did you ever say that to yourself? Who are you really? Who are you now? A fellow temptation, losers. Who is the real you? Which was the real Pete Johnson? Standing there with a sword or embarrassed? And I say this to myself you know, you heard me announce adult class tomorrow night. I wonder could it be this that you and I, oh, we're, again, we're fellow temptation losers. If something would happen today and we had a sword and we had to defend our faith, every one of us would stand and die and we'd say, I'll not defect. But could it be this, that the biggest temptation where you and I go down a ton of bricks is to be embarrassed, we're afraid to say something to somebody about Jesus Christ? Could that be it? Could it be it that we're embarrassed to death and we'd rather die than be embarrassed? Is that it? Oh, fellow temptation pushovers, to be embarrassed. Hardly do we forgive anybody to embarrass us. Somebody may laugh at us if we tell him we're a Christian. And we'd like to have him come. Could that be it? Or oh, if we just turn to him today and we say, "Give me strength to know who's the real I. Who am I?" To say, "Lord, I'm a, I'm a temptation loser. I go down like a ton of bricks. But thank God, you understand. I can turn to you. Then you and I can walk the glory road." And when we know just how weak we are, and we can say in the hour of trial, "Jesus, plead for me, lest by base denial I depart from Thee. Whence Thou seest me waver, with a look recall, nor from fear or favor suffer me to fall. I am a temptation weakling, Lord Jesus, but You understand. You're touched with the feeling of my infirmities. Give me strength. You, I know You will." that I can say no when temptation comes, that I won't miss heaven. Oh, what a Christ. You're a human being. Thank God you're God. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank God you're a human being because you understand me. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding keep and unites your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Until life everlasting.